Thanks for tuning into the Woods Edge Student Ministry Podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. For more information, you can go to woodsedge.org or look us up on Facebook under Woods Edge Students. Jesus, thanks for today. And uh, as I did last service, I just want to start this one off the same way because I, I just need it all over again. Thank you that you're the God of grace. Thank you that you're God of peace and restoration and love and just all the good stuff. I need some good stuff this morning. I'm tired. Um, I woke up too early and couldn't go back to sleep, and that's been happening constantly, and I'm just worn out. I'm stressed out, and I know my students are too. It's a busy time. You got end-of-the-year finals and all kinds of family stuff and drama and things, and we need you. And so in, in obedience to your word right now, would you just bring to each of our minds what's that thing or things that's stressing us out? What are we worried about right now? Just give us an image, give us a word, tell us, show us what that is. I know for me, it's trying to do too much. And now in obedience to your word, we're going to take our worries and we're going to turn them into prayers. And we're just going to say, Jesus, take this. I, I, I don't want this. I can't handle this. Take this from me. Handle this for me. And then what is it you need God to give you to replace that stress or that worry? And maybe it's just peace. Maybe it's boldness. Maybe it's an answer to a specific question. Just let God know, what do you need? And as the, the final step of that passage from Philippians, Lord, we just, we want to thank you now for something good that we can think about. Change our perspective right now. Remind us something we have to be thankful for. This student ministry, for one. Um, roofs over our heads, clothes on our back, food in our bellies, family, friends. Um, we say thank you to, the, to you for those things because those things come from you, Lord. And now just use this message, encourage us. We want to have some fun this morning. We want to learn a little something too. We surrender this next 40 minutes to you and say use it. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, you guys. Well, as we do every year, I wasn't planning on doing this this weekend, but it just happened to be the right weekend. Uh, we have our annual Woods Edge Student Ministry Christmas quiz today. And it's guys versus girls because we can. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so I need a representative from the male gender. Sorry, I'm not going to say anything. Um, Matt? All right. Wait, Matt, did you hear any of these last service? Do you promise before the Lord? All right. You seem pretty defensive. No, come on. If you were here last service and saw the answers, hush, one of you was here last service and was like, I want to participate next. I'm like, no, you can't do that. You know the answers. I need somebody for the female persuasion. Not her. Who? Not her. You want it to be Caressa? Sorry. I heard Kelsey, but she said Caressa and their sisters. You both can come up, but no, it's too late. All right, come on. So hop up here, both of you. All right, state your name. Matt Chester. No, like you mean it. Matt Chester. Guys, give it up for your representative. All right. State your name. Caressa Nelson. Like you mean it. Caressa Nelson. Give it up, girls. All right. Just so we're aware. So we're playing for bragging rights, but the winner is getting this beauty. Huh? That's pretty Look at that. Look at that. I picked it out myself. I got it from a Tipsy Elves. It's an ugly sweater site. That's like a $60 garment right there. I'll have you know. Um, all right. So we got about 10 or 15 questions. And uh, the guys can have, you can help your guy. Girls, you can help your girl. If you were here last service, respect the contest and keep your mouth shut because that's no fun. 
But I need a, a scorekeeper. Do you want to keep score for us, please? What? All right. Diego Licious, you're our scorekeeper. <clears throat> All right. Question one. Yeah, you can look. In 1836, which of these U.S. states was the first to recognize Christmas as a holiday? Alabama, Florida, or Tennessee. We're going to let the... Here, actually, Matt, come over here. Yeah. I'll get confused. Caressa. We're going to let the ladies go first on each one. So, Caressa, what do you say? Mm. Or do yeah. your people know? I mean, Alabama. I heard all kinds of stuff. Oh, Alabama. Alabama? Oh, Alabama. Are you, is that a question or is that your... Okay. Answer. Is it Alabama? Yes, it is. All right. What's the score? It's one to one. Are you, can you handle this? All right. Does anybody want to secretly be the backup scorekeeper? Because, all right, just do it. All right. Question two. In Charles Dickens' classic, A Christmas Carol, how many ghosts visit Scrooge? Two, three, or four? Three. 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 No, it's four. You got to remember Jacob Marley. He was there. All right. Oh, I didn't see him. Sorry. Who delivers Christmas gifts to kids in Russia? A, B, or C? You got to say the name. Babushka. That's nice. A. Hey, what's the name? Babushka. Do you know this? You should. It's Babushka. But, interesting side note, an old lady cursed to travel the Siberian wasteland delivering presents to little children because she was too lazy to make the trip to Jerusalem to see baby Jesus being born. So, it's not a good thing for Babushka. All right. Question four. Wait, time out. Who, what's the score, Diego? Two to two. Two to two. Is that accurate? Yeah. All right. Sounds accurate. Now, who delivers Christmas gifts to children in Syria? Santa Claus, nobody, or the smallest camel? C? You're going with C? All right. What do you think? Uh, uh, C. Are you sure? No. Hold up. What? B? This is tough. You got A? All right. You should have stuck with C because it's the smallest camel. I, oh, she said C. All right. What is the name of the horse that pulls the sleigh in Jingle Bells, Bullet, Bob, or Sven? B for Bob. B for Bob. All right. You want me to sing it for you? Bells on Bob's tail ring, making spirits bright. See, it's Bob. It's his tail. All right. Each year, the city of Caracas, Venezuela, orders all of their city streets cleared so that citizens can do what? Drink rum, make snow angels, or roller skate to church, A, B, or C. Two seconds. One second. B. C. Roller skate to church. What's the score? Four to four. It's tied. Am I gonna? Am I gonna have to cut this in half? Is that what's gonna happen? All right. How many cases of food poisoning 
occur in America each year due to eating Christmas leftovers? A, B, or C, 5,200 or 400,000? What do you say? What do you got? C. C? All right. You're correct. 400,000. That's a big number. If you're looking in your fridge post-Christmas and you're, and you're like wondering, just pass. Just don't eat it. All right. The angel said to deliver toys in Germany wears a crown made of what? Crystal, clay, or candy? A, B, or C. All right. Now, because we're tied, no more audience participation. I know. Too bad. Eyes front. Eyes front. Because I have seen two kids that were in last service giving answers, so we're done. All right. What is Rudolph's father's name? Donner, Blitzen, or Snots? Go. A. A, Donner. B. B, Blitzen. It's Donner. All right. Question 10. Donner and Blitzen are German names meaning what? Thunder and lightning, meat and potatoes, flour and worry. What do you got? A. A, thunder and lightning. Please say meat and potatoes. B. B, meat and potatoes. It's A, thunder and lightning. All right. Don't listen to me. I won't. All right. Santa Claus is based on a real person born in the fourth century named St. Nicholas. Nicholas was the patron saint of what? Giving children, postal workers, butchers, or bankers, pirates, and thieves... What do you got? I'm going to go with... It's killing me. B. B. A. A. The answer is C. You can look it up. All right. Okay. Next question. What is one of the most common Christmas tree decorations in Poland? Icicles, lottery tickets, or spider webs? This is a big deal. You can lose the lead. There's no pressure. She's going with A. He's going with A. It's C, spiderwebs. Just, just read that little subnote. Creepy. Not true. Not in the Bible. All right. 13. Mistletoe is from the Anglo-Saxon word mistletoe, which means what? Kissing tree, wedding leaf, poo twig. A, kissing tree. A, kissing tree. It's C, poo twig. <laughs> It's a fact. Hey, that's not my problem. You need to study Christmas. All right. Christmas was banned in America from 1659 to 1681. Why? I don't want to read anymore. Those are the answers, A, B, or C. I like how you read with your lips. What do you got? A, B, or C. Ready? Go. Go with your gut. A. C. C. Correct answer is C. Yes. What's the score, Diego? Eight. What? Eight to eight. Oh. It's tied? Is it tied? Oh, no. All right. True or false? Before turkey, the traditional English Christmas dinner was a pig's head smothered in mustard. That's disgusting. True. True? True. True. It's true. Okay. All right. In which modern country is St. Nicholas's birthplace and hometown? Estonia, Germany, or Turkey? B, B Germany. A. B. 
B, Germany. It's Turkey. It's Turkey. Really? Do we have another question? All right. I have a question. Oh, wait. That was my question. All right. Or thumb war. No, thumb war wouldn't be fair. Rock, paper, scissors. All right. Stand right here in the middle and fa cheat out a little bit so they can all see. And we're going to go one, two, bang, and it's two out of three. Ready? On bang or after? On bang. Okay, on bang. One. You got to do the thing. One, two, bang. What is that? What is that? Sorry, okay, do it again, do it again. I don't know. All right, ready? One, two, bang. Yeah. All right, oh, it's two out of three. One to nothing. One, two, bang. One, two, bang. One, two, bang. No. Oh! I have a consolation prize. So oh, you get a Freedom T-shirt. Thank you. Here we go. Actually, let me see this. So we were going to do T-shirts for Freedom this year, and this was the one that we designed. But we felt like Freedom is a big deal, and we do T-shirts for other events. So we're going to do hoodies again. And so this will be on a hoodie. And so this T-shirt is actually now limited edition. So very special. Only like 10. All right. All right. Now I'm going to talk about the Bible and stuff. Okay. Segway. So God, God is a God of new beginnings. Do you know that about God? I hope every single Sunday you walk out of here, you've learned something about who God is and who he created you to be. And God is a God of new beginnings. He's all about new beginnings. He loves making things new. Um, we've got a new year approaching. And typically, historically, just in the human mindset, but also in God's mindset, when the new year comes, we make new year's resolutions. We decide to do something new with our lives. The old is gone. The new has come, et cetera, et cetera, yada, yada. That's just how God works. And so that's how we work. So new year's resolutions um, are not necessarily like, you will make New Year's resolutions. Like, God didn't say that, but he is a God of new beginnings, and so we should take advantage of the new year and thinking, what do I want to be different about this year than last year? Because you don't have to be the same person, beholden to the same things, afraid of the same person or situation next year as you have been this year. So what if you could change anything about you next year, would you want to change? Because in just a couple weeks, it's like the whole world is like, okay, reset, game over, let's start again. And God is like, hey, I'll bless that because I'm a God of new beginnings and I'll prove it to you. So here's just a handful of scriptures where God clearly demonstrates that he's a God of new beginnings. Revelation 21.5, I don't know why I'm starting with this one because it's like the best one. I should finish with it, but Revelation 21.5, this is Jesus in heaven at the end of all things. And he says this, at the end of all things, Behold, I am making all things new. So it's the end, which everybody's so afraid of. It's the end of the year or life or humanity. And what does he say? I'm going to make everything new because God is a God of new beginnings. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, if you've ever believed in Jesus, if you've ever prayed to him and asked him to save you, if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. The minute you give your life to Jesus. You're new. He's a God of new beginnings. John 13, 34, a new commandment I have given you that you should love one another. 
Isaiah 48, 6. Now I will tell you, I'm going to start that again. Now I will tell you new things, secrets that you have not heard. He's a God of new beginnings, of new things. And he'll even tell you brand new things that you've never heard before, if you ask. Isaiah 65, 17, for behold, I will create a new heaven and a new earth. At the end of all things, it's not the end of the story, it's the beginning, because God's going to make a brand new heaven and a brand new earth. And I'm really pulling for it to look a lot like Avatar, floating mountains and all that stuff. But, you know, we'll see. Romans 4, 17, Abraham believed in the God who brings the dead back to life and who creates new things out of nothing. Do you feel like nothing as your year kind of coming to a close and you're like, that was a waste of time? Guess what? The God that we're here talking about and worshiping, he makes new things out of what? Nothing. He doesn't need anything to make something brand new. So if you're like, there's no hope for me, wrong. There's all the hope in the world for you because God makes new things out of nothing. Last one, Titus 3, 5. He washed away our sins, giving us a new birth and a new life through the Holy Spirit. God makes us new. And he wants to do something new in you, through you this year. Um, even our student ministry, God has totally transformed in the last two years. Where's Julie Jean? Where you at? Raise your hand. Julie Jean, you've been here for a little while, haven't you? How long have you been part of Wood's Edge? Since you were two, when you're just a little cutie. Julie, is this student ministry the same student ministry it was three years ago? No. Thank you for that confident shake of the head. Julie in her heart was like, no way, weren't you? No, it's not. Because God makes people new. He makes ministries new. He makes the earth new. He makes all things new. This student ministry is completely transformed from what it was two years ago. Not that it was bad. It's just new. And God works that way. God makes all things, all things, people, places, stuff, whatever, new. Um... That's just who he is and what he does. And you can see it all through the Bible. God coming along and grabbing a guy that's a farmer for a living and making him a prophet. Coming along and taking a tax collector that everybody hated and making him a beloved apostle of Jesus Christ. God makes all things new. He loves to clean people up and send them out with a new identity and a new purpose. And he wants to do that for everyone in this room this year. You don't even have to wait for the first of the year. You can start that process today. Um... Every year at the end of small groups, right, in May, I gather together all of our small group leaders, all of your leaders, and some of you are leaders, and we take you guys to dinner, and we feed you, and we let you know how much we love you and appreciate you because we can't do what we do without our leaders, and we just say thank you, and then we ask, how was the year? How were small groups? Was there any particular thing or moment that, like, changed everything for a student or your group? And we just get their feedback. Because next year, when we have a new year of small groups, we want it to be even better. And invariably, every time, about 10 minutes into that question, somebody will say, you know what? I'm thinking about this. And when everything changed for our small group, it was at Freedom Weekend. Every single year, somebody says that. And as soon as they say that, it's kind of like when you're in your small groups or you're getting asked questions in school. Somebody gives a good answer, and and then everybody gives that answer. Well, that's what happens with your small group leaders, too. They're not, like, immune to this behavior. Somebody says, freedom changed everything, and then another person's like, oh, that totally is true, and they start talking about it. And then the rest of the small groups, like, you know, how did it go conversation, all we do is talk about Freedom Weekend, because at Freedom Weekend is when everything changes. 
and everything is made new. And so we're like, well, what happened? Uh, what was different? And they say, I don't know. It was just like all of our students in our group, their focus just went to a whole nother level. They're willing to go deep in what they shared and their vulnerability um, went to a whole nother level. Their vulnerability with each other went to a whole nother level. Their understanding and appreciation for worship went to a whole nother level. Just like everything changed. And I'm like, I expect it. I love hearing it, but it still surprises me every year how God takes this one little weekend in the middle of the whole scope and you know, all of, all of our schedules. And he says, this one weekend, I'm gonna just show up in a big way and do something awesome and new. And I love that about how he works. I wanna show you guys our highlight video, which is really kind of a testimonial of Sierra Kozlowski and David Baker Woo! from last year. And I wanna show you guys this because one, I wanna remind you that Freedom last year was incredible. But two, if you've never been to Freedom, here's a snapshot. So three, two, one, go. So off the mark on that. Three, two, one, go. Three, two, one. No, I'm just kidding. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. And the old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. David Baker, I'm 17. What I'm really looking forward to is I really want to work on my relationship with God. Um, I felt kind of distant recently, and I want to just build that relationship stronger. This year, I really want to work on being more bold. So I'm really hoping that God will give me like maybe some words to give to some other people, you know, to pray for them. Because that's really hard for me. It's different to do it at church, but in public, it's like it's really scary. So I'm really hoping to be able to be more bold outside of church. So this weekend we're concentrating really on, on a, a repurposed life, which has to deal with first just getting rid of stuff in their life that they take on just from the world, that stuff in their life that doesn't really belong to them. In fact, it actually works against who they are, who God made them to be. We're using the mason jar uh, as a symbol of, of sort of our own spirit, that it's been dirtied or soiled by the world and we're taking that and we're and we're asking God to clean that jar out so that it's beautiful and empty and then then what are you going to put in the mason jar what are we going to fill that mason jar with? it could be anything that that brings beauty um, and so for us it's a symbol of what would God fill us with that would bring beauty and it and advance his kingdom I thought it was really cool how like you find the mason jar and it's like dirty and gross and then um, you remove everything from the inside, like that's what God wants us to do. Like He wants us to remove all the bad junk we've got inside. He wants to clean us out and repurpose us so that we can do God's will. Jamie was talking about how whenever you like cleanse yourself completely, that you need to fill yourself back up with God. And I was like, wow, that's so simple. Why didn't I think of that? Why didn't I just fill myself up with God? Now that's like my main goal now is to fill myself back up with God and be able to share it with everyone that I talk to. 
Saturday night, uh, I was praying, I was kind of feeling lost, I really wasn't feeling as connected to God as I used to. Um, and a girl came up to me and said, I feel like God has told me to tell you that he wants to mend your broken heart. And I wasn't sure what that meant at first. And I sat down and I got on my knees, which is something I don't think I've ever done before. I started crying while I was singing the songs because I heard God tell me that I'm not alone and that he's there for me and all these different things from God. And I think it was one of the most incredible experiences that I've ever had. We were worshiping. You know, at first I'm just like, please God, show me. Please God, give me peace. Please God, just, I feel like a broken record just going like, please God, please God, please God, please God. And then finally, it's just like an overwhelming, like just peace just like fell over me, which never happens because I, I deal with a lot of anxiety. God was showing me a lot of just like visions of me doing his work and doing what he plans for me to do. And I was like, oh my gosh, like that made me feel like important. Like I was part of God's plan. It was like, I, I, I didn't even cry. Like I was just happy, just smiling. I started just smiling so much. My prayer for the students is at the, at the end of the weekend that their spirit is filled up with what God has for them and that they're able to go out on Monday and Tuesday into the world and live out, out of the fullness of what God's filled them with uh, to advance His kingdom. snapshot of, of the weekend as a whole, but also specifically like David and Sierra, but you guys, student after student after student after student after student, even a year later, continue to come up to me and, and share that they had a similar experience where God just did something radical in their lives. Some students came up to me months later and said, I didn't think anything did happen at Freedom, and yet, lo and behold, I, I've discovered something did actually take place inside of me, and I'm no longer the same as I was before that event. Um, you guys, you know, and I, I would assume you might have understood this by now, being part of the Woods Edge student ministry, we're not an events-driven student ministry. Like, we're not always doing all kinds of different things and pushing you to spend money and do stuff. So I don't really push a lot of stuff other than small groups and coming here and being, you know, awesome, being yourselves. But I push Freedom Weekend because it's a special moment in time where God has always, he preordained, I'm gonna show up there, so come. And so I'm telling you guys, come. I don't like get a bonus if X number of you come. It doesn't benefit me if this many of students sign up. So it, it's not really about me or the ministry. It's for you, that you would come and experience something unique and special and like on a whole nother level with Jesus. Um, I want to give you a couple practical things about freedom for those of you who don't know. Underneath every single one of your seats is a pen and two cards. The black card is basically a rundown of what Freedom Weekend is, and there's some details on there. And if you want to connect with your folks or your guardian or just yourself and look at woodsedge.org freedom, you'll find out anything and everything you need to know about Freedom Weekend. On the white card, that's our early sign-up card. And before you leave here today, I would expect and hope that every single person in this room will have filled that card out and then drop it off in a few minutes and write legibly, please. You can start doing that even now while I talk, but tune your ears to what I have to say. So Freedom Weekend is January 15th through 17th. It takes place Friday evening, all day Saturday, and Sunday morning. And it takes place on Martin Luther King weekend. So the following Monday, you have a day off of school. So we 
use your weekend time, but then you still have a day of rest and to hang out and go do whatever you'd normally do on the weekend. The cost for freedom is $99. And I know $99 is not a small amount of money. It's like 100 bucks. But we haven't raised the cost of freedom since I've been in the student ministry. So it's like seven or eight years. We don't make money on this. We lose money on it. But we, did, we have to cover some of our cost. But let me just say to you right now, and pay attention to me, if money is an object for you, if money is an object to your family, I understand. I get it. I don't have $100 in my pocket. If that's going to prevent you from coming, you come talk to me. We have a lot of generous people in our church that have provided money for scholarships, and I don't want any of that money to go to waste. So if you're like, I can't afford it, or I don't want to ask for money, God, like we talked about last week, will provide. He's already provided. There's money in the bank. So if you have an issue with money, you come talk to me. We'll take care of it. We have scholarships available. Um, We sleep over in the homes of trusted church members, and usually they have big fat pads with pools, and you guys will sleep there with your small group and your small group leader, and that's where you'll talk and dialogue about what you witnessed in the gatherings um, and pray together and just go a little deeper. In small groups, part of freedom is kind of like that's where the, the magic happens, So we try and have a lot of small group time, but then we also have large group times where you come here and you'll either hear me or Greg Johnson speak that weekend and teach you guys. And I've just been, my mind has been blowing up with awesome illustrations and ideas about how to communicate what God I know wants me to say that weekend. But I've been having a really hard time putting it all together. Have you ever had like just some inspiration, but you're like, I don't really know how to make this work? Well, I've been stressing and worrying about that because I'm just like, I can't even get it down on paper fast enough but I don't know how to order it. And I've been worrying about that and stressing about that. And like we did at the beginning of the service, I just said, God, help me. I don't want to worry. I release this to you and just help me in your good time. His good time was last Monday at 3.49 in the morning when he woke me up from a dead sleep with an idea about freedom. So I rolled over and I was like, I got to be obedient, write this down. And then he gave me another idea and another. Typically on a given Sunday, I have already worked on the message for three to six hours. And that's how much time it makes me to write this out and get it ordered. He gave me three sermons, all for Freedom Weekend, in 20 minutes. Done. And I just rolled over and I was like, okay, I can go back to sleep. I don't have to worry about that anymore. God provides. He'll provide for you to go to Freedom. He'll make the time for you to attend Freedom. And he's already clearly given me what he wants me to talk about to you at Freedom. And you want to hear it. It's great stuff. Um, We'll have our dress-up night on Saturday night where we invite you guys. You can wear costumes or what you'd wear to prom. I don't care. We'll have a selfie station out front. We'll have a testimonial station. We'll have our serving opportunity during the day Saturday. We'll feed you good stuff. Not like, you know, pizza every Wednesday, but like good food. Pretty good food. Um, It's going to be awesome. John Sherrill, who runs Camp 220, he's leading worship for us all weekend. It's going to be incredible. Those are the specifics about freedom. This is our 18th one, and it's going to be the best one because I already know it's going to be the most God-dependent event that we've ever hosted as a student ministry. I want to segue into a quick scripture as we wrap up, and this is kind of like the first Freedom Weekend, right? So Acts chapter 1, Jesus has been crucified and rose again, and then he's come back to earth for those 40 days right after the crucifixion to give his disciples a little extra teaching and say, this is what I need you to go do. And here's what he says. When Jesus was eating with with them, he commanded them, don't leave, 
Don't leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the one, the gift that he promised. As I told you before, John baptized with water, but just in a few days, or for us, a few weeks, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. When the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? And he replied, no, the Father alone has the authority to set those dates and times, and they are not for you to know. But you will receive power. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And after saying this, Jesus was taken up into a cloud while they were watching, and they could no longer see him. And as they, they strained to see him going up into heaven, two white-robed men suddenly stood among them. They said, men of Galilee, why are you standing here staring into heaven? Jesus has been taken from you into heaven. But someday he will return from heaven in the same way you saw him go. There's a couple really cool things in there. First, Jesus says, don't leave. And I would say, don't not come to freedom. But he says, don't leave Jerusalem. Stay here, pray together, wait, be patient. Something is about to happen you don't want to miss. Something is about to happen here in the student ministry that you don't want to miss. And then just for the laugh factor, I love the comedic element in here where they're all like looking. They're like, where did you go? right? And then these two angelic, like, uh, Old Testament prophets just appear, like long dead, come from heaven, and they're like, so uh, what you looking at? Like, they know what they're looking at. They're like, well, Jesus went in this guy. But then he's like, no, don't, you don't need to worry about that, because something even cooler than hanging out with Jesus is about to happen. He's about to enter you, and you're going to be filled with power. But with freedom comes power. These guys were set free, and they were given power, why? For a purpose. To go to Jerusalem, Judea, and the ends of the earth and share who he was. God's going to show up at freedom, but I want you to understand from the get-go, it comes with a price tag. Not the $99, but the responsibility that God's going to bless you so huge. He's going to say stuff to you so revolutionary. He's going to give you things to go and share with other people. We have been teaching you guys all fall how to be a disciple through the Vineyard Initiative. This spring, at and post-freedom, we're going to teach you how to make disciples. It's the vision of our church. It's why we exist as believers. It's the Great Commission, and it's what we're all about this spring. God blesses us so we can be a blessing. And it's the same thing Jesus did. He spent those three years with his guys telling them, this is who you are. This is who you really are. And then those last 40 days, now this is what I want you to go and do. It's the same thing with freedom. This is who we are, and now this is what we're going to go do. And if making disciples is scary to you, don't let it be, because it's the most exciting, awesome thing you can ever do in your life, and God has designed you to make disciples in a way that is fun for you, believe me, and you'll have a better understanding of that at freedom. So Acts chapter 2, 1 through 4, picking right back up where we left off, this is what I like to refer to as like the first freedom. The first freedom weekend. So all the disciples, right? There's about 120 of them are hanging out in this house all together with a single purpose. Kind of like the 300 of us that are going to gather together freedom weekend with a single purpose. All the believers were meeting together in one place and suddenly there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm and it filled the house where they were sitting and then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on every single one of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit 
and they began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. God's going to show up at freedom, and he's going to do something freaky and awesome. And you don't want to miss it. You do not want to miss it. Why does God bless moments like freedom? I think it's for a very simple reason. It's a predetermined time and place that he has let us know about, and for us, it's this coming January, that we're going to set ourselves and have already set ourselves to pray about in advance and say, God, this moment in time, bless the students, bless us. We're inviting you, show up. And when you hammer on the door of heaven for that long with that much intentionality, God's going to show up. You got a problem in your life, you pray and you keep praying and he's going to show up. Hundreds of people have already been praying for this weekend. By the weekend's time and arrival, thousands of people will have prayed for this weekend. You think God's going to be like, ah, now I'll get the next one. No, he's going to show up and he's going to do something awesome. So as we invite the band up here to wrap up, I'm going to lead you in our response. You guys can make your way through the masses. Thank you, students, by the way, for sitting up front and not on the back so much anymore. I appreciate it. It's nice to have you here and spit right onto you. I enjoy it. Um, as we do every week, we've got our tithe and communion on the left and the right and in the back, and we encourage you to take advantage of those elements. But today, I want to re-ask my original question, and I want you guys to complete your cards. We're going to give you a minute or two to finish them, even now. And again, if you're part of this student ministry, I'm not just asking you to participate. I expect to see you there. Um, I talked to somebody before first service. They're missing a major family function. Like grandpa's big, the whole community comes together, birthday party. And they're like, well, we can't miss freedom. Like, there's just not even an option. That's how big a deal it is. And I hope it's that big a deal for you. Come and join your student ministry and see what God is going to do for us together. But I'm going to pray for us. and I'm going to lead you for a couple things to pray about. And as I'm praying, if you're writing on your white card, no sweat. Let's bow our heads. Thanks for listening to the Woods Edge Student Ministry Podcast. Please feel free to share copies of this podcast, but do not charge for those copies or alter the content in any way. For more information, please visit woodsedge.org or find us on Facebook under Woods Edge Student.